0: Everybody. welcome back to the Route 25 podcast brought to you by Fox Valley Magazine and When and How Communications. Well, another legend, Jay Leno is with us this week. He's uh, going to be at the Paramount Theater in Aurora on Saturday at 8 p.m. Uh, March 26th. So you all want to go out and check that out because he's just hilarious. Um, everybody knows who he is. There's no point in me giving him an introduction. Let's just go right to Jay is this jay
1: this is jay how are
0: you i'm well thank you how you doing
1: good good what's up
0: <laughs> hey thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it i know you 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 got a busy busy life and i uh you know i'm i'm, I'm really honored to speak with you so thank oh, you no, so much
1: no problem, no problem thank you thank you
0: and, and this is my uh this this is my lucky month i've uh i've gotten the the, the blessing of of interviewing two of my favorite comedians. Um, I spoke to Frank Caliendo a couple of weeks ago. Oh,
1: Frank. I love Frank.
0: Yeah. Used yeah he's have awesome. My, used to have he's awesome all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he brought you up, I'm afraid. So <laughs> he, he did a little bit of, he did a little bit of a shtick with you. Um, oh, that's so. fine. <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, is it, is it, well, is it no, fun to hear yourself or what?
1: No, I, I don't mind. What I don't like is when I go to Vegas and a guy does your act is me. You know, that's not I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you come up with original jokes or something right. humiliating or demeaning, that's all fine. Just don't steal jokes, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. You know, if, I'm some, if I'm telling one of my stories that I tell about my parents, uh, you know, come up with your own joke about it. That's that's fine, because I I mean, I don't know any comedian to condone stealing jokes, but no making fun. That's fine. Good heavens. I do it. You know, if you can't take it, please.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know, I, I have a confession to make. Um, I should, you know, I probably get out get this off my chest early. The I'm always intimidated talking to comedians because. I'm terrified of them because <laughs> I've been in too many. I, 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 I have, been, particularly in my younger days, I have been to a lot of comedy clubs, and the extraordinary destruction a comedian can do to a heckler—it's always stayed with me. <laughs> you know, so it's like I, the, the comedians don't suffer fools. So, and you know, being well, you know, a fool, what's it, you know, it's funny, but it. that's funny. But I don't really do that on stage.
1: But one time I did it in real life. I was in traffic, you know, and a guy behind me, you know, beep, beep, you know, hung on the horn. So I, I, I pull off the side and say, go around me. And he go, as he goes by me, he gives me the finger. And so I pull up next lane. and I go, what was it? Well, why'd you, what's that all about? I, I let you go by. He goes, fuck you. And I go, okay. And then I looked at him and I said, let me guess. You're over 50, you're bald, you're fat, you're divorced your best day was what in high school you got a dead-end job your kids hate you and this is what this is what you do now (laughs) and and he he starts crying oh and I go oh look pull over pull over so he pulls over and I I, I get in his car I go you all right he goes everything you said is true I said look man I'm just I mean I can size this guy up in a second I said look look I'm sorry I didn't mean what I said just you know, I let you go by because I know it's my fault. My kids do hate me. I said, "What do you have?" He said, "They have two girls." I said, "Are they Taylor Swift fans?" He said, "Yeah, they love Taylor." I said, "Look, I have Taylor Swift on the show next Wednesday. Do you want to bring them? Do you want do you want the girls to meet Taylor Swift? with that help?" He goes, "Do you do that?" I said, "Okay." So we we became friends, and then he came to the show with his two girls, and he was a very nice guy. But it's my own it's my only case of road rage. But I realized. <laughs> I had sized him up perfectly. He was fat. He was bald. He was over 50. He was divorced. His kids hated him because of the divorce. I mean, and I realized, wow. oh, geez, you, you, you know, you don't want to be too good at this because right. it's, it's you know, that's not my job. But, I mean, it actually worked out great. He was actually a very nice guy. Just having an extremely trying day, you know, with the job and the wife and, the you know, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: right. You know, you, you say it's not your job. Um, I don't know is it I mean comedian you know what what's the joke that you know that there's the there's the uh, uh in comedy there's the, the, the there's always the target right you know and and so there's always a there's always a sense of cruelty to comedy I mean that that's
1: well I mean not all. I mean you have to temper it you know i mean, I had a joke can't remember the joke it was a Hillary Clinton joke and at the time when all these people running for president, uh, Barack and Hillary and, you know, the Clinton, whoever, well, all, all, all the best people, I all had to right. talk about each one of them, and when, I, when it got to Hillary, I heard kind of a, <laughs> this kind of guttural laugh, and I went, okay, are they laughing because I've made fun of her, as they did the other candidates? Are they laughing because she's a female candidate? And the more it happened you know when you when you're on stage and you're working an audience it's like conducting an orchestra you want the laughs to flow in a certain way and when you hear the kind of laugh that you don't like it's like hitting a sour note and i realized oh okay this okay it was mostly men but they were laughing because they thought i was making fun of her as a woman candidate, as opposed to just a candidate, you know, this, right. this used to happen with Jesse Jackson. I do a joke about something. And then, and Jesse's wanted to present. president out of that. And the audience would go, Whoa, And I <laughs> why are you whoaing that? That wasn't a racial joke. I, I wasn't talking about the color of his skin or anything. It's just, but, but they, they, it's all how they interpret it, you know? So to me, I mean, I remember taking that joke out of my act because I just didn't like the laugh that it got. And what happens with a lot of really cruel jokes is you wind, you wind up winning the battle and losing the war. You know, people laugh because it, it's an instinct, it's a immediate reaction, whether they want to or not. But if they really don't, now you've made, you know, I would ask people about certain comedians. They go, oh, he's funny. I don't like him, but I think he's funny. Well, if they don't like you, all you have is funny. You know, when they like you, if you're not, if you have a couple of jokes that are not that funny, well, they like you. So it carries it through. There's a warmth that goes through it. You know, right. I, mean, I see that in my act when I when I talk about um, being married and I say, you know, I love being married. I got a great wife. I don't do wife jokes right away. I got half the audience I didn't have before more listening more intently because they realize, Oh, say, I'm not going to be the butt of a joke here. Where is this going to go? Or is he just faking it? Or is he thinking, you know, so you want them to leave enjoying the program. You know, you, you don't want like, well, you don't want to win the battle and lose a war. I guess that's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's a rare, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this. I based on what I've seen in terms of the, sort of the most popular folks now, the comedians now, that's a rare attitude. I mean, I because a lot of it is really based on shock um, and has been for quite a while, it seems to me. And, you know, and there's a place for that, I think. Yeah, and I don't. No, I, there's, a,
1: there's a place for all of it. I, I love it sometimes when I hear it. I, yeah. I, you know, yeah, the, you know, A, if a joke is really funny, all bets are off. Right, right. You know, I remember once I, I I did a joke at the White House Correspondents' Dinner and Reagan fell off the chair. It was a joke about uh, <laughs> I, want to I want to congratulate Nancy Reagan on winning that Humanitarian of the Year award. I'm glad she beat that conniving little bitch Mother Teresa and I, <laughs> and, and and Reagan. Oh, he thought that was, well, when people saw Reagan laughing, then they all laughed. You know, I mean that's kind of, that's a mean joke, but I think that there's a certain amount of Truth in it, in the sense that you know you're the first lady, you have everything. Really, you know, you, you need this, you know. So that's, be- that's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great joke. So <laughs> Sorry, I have, I have, I have <laughs> nothing against it. it. It's just a matter of you know um, where you put it. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're 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 destroying every sort of premise I had about uh, comedians because. you've always struck me as being a genuinely nice guy. You know, you you just come across that way. And, you know, I'm a huge believer in low (laughs) self-esteem.
1: No, I think, I mean, I think it's the key to success because when you have low self-esteem, you'll listen. You know, when I saw the Tonight Show, I said, well, let's find the best director and lighting people we can get. I hired them and I let them do their job. And they could say to me, Jay, the show sucked tonight. It did? Yeah, you were awful. Okay, what do I need to do? Okay, all right. And it made the show better. I mean, I have other people. I I would talk to other people who would fire somebody for being insubordinate. And I go, why? This is what they do. I mean, this is their job. I mean, why do you think you're the only one? I go into the premise, most people can't do anything. Some people can do one thing, and there are a few people who can do a half a dozen things. Well, I I can do one thing that that seems to have worked out pretty well. But when it comes to other things, I listen to other people and, and and okay, and I and I and I take that advice. You know, you're only I always tell comedians, you know, when when I talk to young comedians, we just happen to live in a time when being funny is advantageous. If this was the Middle Ages, it would be who's making the soldiers laugh? Uh, that guy, uh, kill him, you know. And and you would be killed instantly because you're annoying. You you you're making the soldiers laugh. They so got to concentrate on on the crusade, you know. Just kill that guy, you know. And and it's true. But we happen to live in a time when being funny is is uh, pays a huge dividend.
0: So uh, you know, enjoy uh, it. You know, it's it it, it does certainly. Um, but there's also a lot of downsides. I mean, at least recently, you know, with the the sort of now I'm, I'm going get, to get killed, the jihad against, you know, un, uh, I don't know, politically incorrect. That's just, that's kind of a hacking phrase now, but unwoke, you know, whatever the. Well, you know it, what it is?
1: Here's my thing. When I, I equated to the auto industry in the 70s, emission standards came out and all the American companies sent multi-billion dollar lawyers to watch. We can't meet these. We're going to lose jobs. The Union men will be out of work. We can't do that. And the Japanese said, tell me what the rules are. Okay, just give us the rules. Well, the Japanese came back with like the Honda CVC engine and other things that were fuel efficient and, and it got good mileage and whatever and had power. And we were still pumping out dirty V8s and spending our money on lobbying the same thing with comedy. Okay, look, if the audience is not laughing at anyone. I mean, there was a time when the most vile racist jokes were done by people on TV. And just, you know, just, you know, I mean, you couldn't do them now. But, yeah, and to me, if you go in front of a crowd, you can yell at them and tell them they're wrong. But if they don't laugh, it's your fault. So you find out what the rules are. For example, I, I've... I've taken most of the political stuff out now. Uh, I mean, I, I do a little bit, but only because people wait to see where the joke is going before they laugh at it. Yeah. They wait for, is it pro-Trump or anti-Trump? Oh, it's pro-Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that not that I do any pro-Trump. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you go, oh, that, that, that's not comedy. That's the wrong way to do it, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I mean, if you're a comedian, learn to work the room. You know, I used to book in the back in the 80s, I would book myself into places like Oral Roberts University just to see if I could play it. And I'd get there and they go, We don't need drug jokes or sex jokes, but everything else is okay. All right. I did everything else I had and it was fine. I did. They got paid. They were happy, whatever. Then I talk to, me, to comedians. I go to plays, and they, they said I couldn't say "fuck you." So the first thing I said was "fuck you," and I told, "Yeah, great, and you'll be back there real soon." You know, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, uh, you know, this is a bit like any other sales job. You've got to play to the crowd that's watching, and that doesn't yeah. mean you have to sacrifice your standards or your moral character or anything like that. I mean, I'm not offended by obscenity. I just find it lazy writing. I mean, to me, the fun thing when I would do the Letterman Show back back in the uh, early 80s, it was great fun because you, I would have to come up with other words... You know, instead of calling right. someone asshole, I'd say, David. You know, when you, you know when you go to the park and you see the shirtless, syphilitic druid running around, let me go, shirtless druid. Yes, Dave. The shirtless druid, Dave. And it, and you realize there are funnier words than fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. You, you know. it's so so true, and you know it's it, and the, and the overuse of it becomes extraordinarily tiresome. I mean, it gets boring. I mean, it really, really gets boring. Right? Yeah, but it's a crap,
1: and I've done it myself. I have a joke I'm not sure of, so you just throw a, So this fucking guy says, you know, and I go, okay, why am I doing that? You know, but yeah, it's it's just a matter of, you know, audience. A lot of comedians go places and they expect the audience to cater to them, and if it doesn't, well, it's a fucked up audience. I never considered a fucked up audience. I just considered, okay, I didn't do my job. I didn't read this crowd right or I shouldn't have taken this job if I didn't want to do it, you know? Um, But, but, and then other people tell me, well, you're being a wuss. And you you know, that's not really, I mean, they're paying for it. They've asked you not to do something. You can choose to either take the job and do it or say, no, I'm sorry. I don't work that way. I have to say what I want to say. Okay, fine. Then don't take the job, but you can't accept the job. And then, and then change what you agreed to do, you know, so
0: that makes yeah. sense. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it sort of reminds me of, I, 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 I um, was listening to, uh, an interview if you, I, I believe it was by Joe Rogan, uh, pretty sure it was, um, and this is a few years ago, but, uh, you were, you were talking about when you first started in New York city, they had the, um what was it called? They had a license, basically. Oh, yeah. Back could in t-
1: Lenny Bruce, said you had a cabaret license.
0: Cabaret license, right. Yeah. And if a cop yeah. walked in and you said, fuck, he would
1: for your cabaret license and tear it up or take it. And then you couldn't work. Yeah. So,
0: it, <laughs> it certainly seems to have come full circle in some ways. Well, um, you really.
1: Know. No, really. No, the difference is you can work. See, see, the part that annoys me is it's all corporate, you know, uh, because everybody has a sponsor. And the folks at the American Tobacco and Asbestos Manufacturers, we here have only the highest standards. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> the reason they can't do anything about Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan has no sponsors. So he's still able to say what and do whatever he likes. I, I'm a free speech guy. and I And I get annoyed when I, I see corporations sort of hijack it and make it theirs. You know, we here at the your fast food chain, uh, a bar, any sort of. Meanwhile, they're paying you know it's three bucks an hour and you know, <laughs> right, right. And you're selling horse meat or whatever it might be. You know, so <laughs> to me, I always find the hypocrisy of that sort of sort of funny. But when you know, there's no, really no way you can touch Joe Rogan other than have people stop listening yeah well, they haven't stopped listening so it's free speech you can either choose to listen to it or not listen to it yeah um, no uh, absolutely absolutely um, yeah if, if you're on if you're on the uh, on the um, network television and you i mean i, I saw something amazing once i turn on the tv you know female news anchor and she goes um and today bruce jenner I, oh i mean caitlin i am so sorry i am so sorry And she just apologized for like two minutes. Uh, You know, it's a common mistake. He was Bruce Jenner for 58 years or something like that. I've known him all that long. And sometimes I say Bruce by mistake. It doesn't mean I'm, but this anchor was so scared of losing her job that, that she just fell over herself apologizing. And I go, Jesus, you know. But that's all, that's all, that's all corporate.
0: Yeah. I mean, from a comedic perspective, you know, you can look at it kind of two ways you can look at, I mean, Chappelle's talked a lot about this, obviously, but you know, you look at it from the perspective of, I'm not going to say stuff that's going to get me in trouble. Um, or you could just mock the hell out of it. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, Here's the thing
1: people don't realize in the old days, the comedian had the mic and everybody had to listen. Now, if you believe in an egalitarian society, now everybody has a mic, and they can they can counteract every single thing that you say. Right. Sometimes it's ridiculous. Sometimes it makes sense. Uh, you know, and that's the world we live in now. You know, I, I mean, I remember watching a Ricky Gervais special where he just went off on like some guy wrote him about something and it, it, he oh, it, 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 it did a whole like 15 minutes on it. And I go, why are you letting this bomb? This this guy. This is one guy giving his opinion just as you're one guy giving your opinion. That guy is as mad at, at you as you are at him. I mean, you now have equal status. You can both reach the same number of people. OK, but one of you hopefully will be funnier than the other and will wind up ultimately being the winner. If you're good at your job. Right.
0: Does that make any sense? That yeah, makes no, it makes complete sense. It it all comes back to where you're good at your job, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah.
1: my thing. Never explain, never complain. You know, yeah. I you know, when all this stuff was going on with. Letterman, Howard Stern, and the Leonard U. Saga. I never right. answer them. I just let them go and play out because ultimately, if you're any good, somebody will save you. Yeah. Okay. And if you're not, you won't. You know, um, I always tell comedians never believe in yourself, make other people believe it because believing yeah. in yourself <laughs> doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> Getting <laughs> other people believe you gets you somewhere. And, yeah. and, it, it's true. I mean, so to me, when that whole stuff was going, I remember saying to NBC, "I go, look, this is what I do every night. If people think I'm wrong, they won't watch, and we won't be number one. But we stayed number one for 22 years, and they all the stuff that went back and forth. And I'm not saying there wasn't fallout. I'm sure there was, but it wasn't like I know when I do something wrong. I know when I have crossed the line. You know, I, I, you know, I apologize. I took a lot of heat for." I did nine Asian jokes over a 12 year period. And I heard from this Pacific council, whatever it was, you know? So I called this guy, you know, there were, there were some jokes about um, a dog being served in restaurants and stuff. But this was 10 years ago, 2009. And, you know, the, I was getting all these angry texts and letters and stuff. I said, well, let me call the guy. And, you know, I spoke to a Japanese guy, and he told me when he was in college, like on Pearl Harbor Day, all the frat boys would throw stuff at his door and smash eggs against his door and stay, leave nasty messages. And I realized, you know, this guy was really affected by this. Um, I said, you know something, man, I'll apologize. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fighting on this. You know, my job is to be a comedian if, if I'm hurting people's feelings here. I'm doing it wrong. So I'll apologize. And I won't do it anymore. And I did. And of course, I took a lot of heat for apologizing. <laughs> no, I hurt somebody's feelings. I apologize to that guy. And I apologize to anybody who's actually hurt. Not people who are hurt because of someone else. I'm not offended, but I, I feel those people will be. That's who I'm standing up. For. You know, if, if somebody's yeah. offended by something, then I haven't done my job. My job is to get you to laugh at it. You know, yeah. if, if it's really funny, they 're offended but they also laugh but they get the joke I mean that those are the best ones you know, if you <laughs> laugh,
0: you know. <laughs> no, it's, well i'm I'm Catholic so you know there there are a lot of really good Catholic jokes these days um which I laugh heartily at and am offended at the same time but I'm you know it's it's okay with me and I it just I don't know I, I see the humor I guess you know even though i I realize I mean some of them are pretty hard edged I mean you were talking about uh, Ricky uh, Gervais. I mean he, he's got some hard stuff on on Catholics and religion in general, but
1: uh, oh yeah, it's funny. but he still makes me
0: laugh, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it's funny, it's it's awful. It's, and that was not a criticism of Ricky Gervais when I when I said it. No, no, no. I, I, no. I just mean you. We do. We live in a society now where almost everybody can have an equal voice, even if yeah. they're crazy. You
0: know. <laughs> anyway, I, I think I've taken you way past my. uh my limitation. My hug is going to be angry at me.
1: Oh, that's all right. Uh, no problem. What else you need? Anything else? Uh,
0: well, no. You're coming to the uh, uh, Paramount in Aurora, right? Right, uh, right, this right, Saturday, March 26th, I believe. Have you been here before? I'm sure I have. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, did. I mean, I've been I've been doing this for 50
1: years. Yeah, I fair every enough. Every theater, yeah. every yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm sure I have. All right, all right. Well, know, it's a it's a very nice place. You so. know, that's the funniest part. I. Um, I was at an <sighs> India casino in Minnesota, and usually i come at night and i go in the back door. But for some reason, I was coming from somewhere else to have my wife with me. So I said, have you ever been here before? I said, no, it doesn't look familiar. I've never been here. So as I go through the front door, they say, oh, the chief is here. You know, they, you know, they're always Indian casinos. The chief wants to, you know, present you with the, you know, customary blanket and stuff. All right. So I come in and the chief is in the lobby there. You know, I got my wife with me. And she, oh, Miss Leno, and I said, oh, thank you very much. I said, you know, I'm glad to be here. This is my first, and my wife gives me a jab. What? I go, what? She goes, look over her shoulder. I look over my shoulder and I see a picture of me with the same guy getting the same blanket like three years ago. <laughs> and I'm wearing the same clothes, the same jeans here. And it's the same picture, and I go, "Oh, it's good! Oh, it's going to be back. It's to be back here at the So and So Casino, you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized, oh, this is like my second or third blanket I've gotten from this guy. That's crazy. Because I'm sure, I'm sure he
0: didn't remember me. I'm just in the, the same yeah. clothes. That's the beautiful yeah. part. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm wearing the same clothes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Get a new suit. Get a new suit, Lana. Um, yeah. oh, that's hilarious. All right. Well, Jay, I've kept you long enough. I, no thank, problem, again, my friend. Thank you so much. I, I, All right, I really appreciate it. Hey, um, thanks. Talk and, to you soon. Uh, Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.